At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for tuning in. We are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, per usual, at the Rivers Casino. And tonight, we'll be talking playoff basketball naturally and some Stanley Cup playoff odds as well. We've got some baseball action to look forward to as well, because we got Eno Saris, new guest on the show. It's a great job writing and covering Major League Baseball for the Athletic. But before we get to baseball, that's going to be in about 45 minutes. We'll be hitting basketball with Nick Whalen, senior NBA editor over at Rotowire, familiar face here on Rush Hour. And not only will we just touch on the games tonight and tomorrow and further along, we're going to take a look at some of these series prices and you know number of games played and still some of those unique betting angles that we've done so far throughout the postseason. And the one that clearly is making headways as of now is the Brooklyn Nets-Milwaukee Bucks series because you saw what happened last game. Kyrie Irving goes out, and so does the whole Brooklyn Nets offense. And they're in shambles currently because it looks like Kyrie's still going to be out for game five. And not only that, James Harden's still going to be absent in this next game. So with Kyrie, uh, you know, the scan came back negative, but it's a sprained right ankle, unknown if he will return in this series. And like I said, James Harden's still going to be out. The updated series price now that it's tied up, a minus 165 for Milwaukee. The Nets plus 132. These numbers keep fluctuating because 
the assumption was that Kyrie was going to be out, and then you thought, hey, maybe James Harden can get back in and he get another offensive player and a star player at that. But now that it was announced about an hour ago that Harden is also going to be out, you get bigger movement toward the series prize for Milwaukee, minus 165. Again, the Nets, plus 132. Championship odds, though, interesting enough, um, the Nets are still the short shot, plus 260. They were just plus 275, came right back down to plus 260. And for Brooklyn to come out of the Eastern Conference, still the top team, plus 160 for them to come out of the East. You look further along in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee's plus 175, knocking on their doorstep right behind Brooklyn. The Sixers, 2-1, to one, and then the Atlanta Hawks are about 50-1 to one to come out of the Eastern Conference. So if you're kind of looking, though, and thinking, well, Maybe there still is some hope with this Brooklyn team. I mean, Kevin Durant, you know, when he was playing without Harden, without Kyrie, the Nets won four out of five of those games. And in those games, Durant nearly put up 34 points per contest, shot about 63% from the floor. I'm not going to be trying to back Brooklyn in this spot. If anything, with those numbers, you understand what KD has to do. You're going to be looking at his player props, and, you know, certainly those are going to be adjusted and skyrocketed up even higher than they typically are. But is it worth looking at this Brooklyn team to win the Eastern Conference now that you've gotten better odds than them? I really don't think so. And this has been a concern for so long in the sense of why I didn't ever want to lay a price with them to win the East. And even for the championship, when it, you didn't have to lay to win the championship. But for the East, they got high and you had to lay a price. And you never know what's going to happen with these injuries. And that's not to say that you should never bet a team because of that. But when it comes to laying a price so far out to win the Eastern Conference, I was just waiting to get to that moment, and if anything, you take it game by game or go with the series prize. But, you know, that's a big factor because this team doesn't have the depth. That's why we looked at a team like Philadelphia way back when and had them to win the Eastern Conference. And that kind of leads me to my next point. If there's a team that still has some value potentially, it's, to me, still got to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Now a big game tonight, having a chance to move on. And, look, we'll see if they can get the job done, but... The 76ers 2-1, do I advocate for that? No, not necessarily because those are shorter odds, but you can look at them to win the championship still, and they're about 6-1. to one. It's nothing amazing, but we also could do the angle, and we'll get into this in a second. You could consider the NBA Finals MVP. Joel Embiid is 7-1 to one at this point to win Finals MVP as opposed to betting the Sixers 6-1 to one to win the championship. We've kind of been looking at that angle a lot. We did that with the Nets as well because Kevin Durant certainly has moved down. And, you know, again, we'll get to that a little bit later. But just kind of getting through everything right now, I don't want to touch anything with Brooklyn. And that's not to say that I'm going to be hammering Milwaukee because that line has certainly been moving big time in favor of the Bucks. Now up to four and a half point road favorites in the next game with the series tied two to two apiece or minus 190 on the money line. Brooklyn, you're getting at about plus 160. This total 216. This team is way deeper than Brooklyn has at this point, and Kevin Durant can only do so much. They don't have a true point guard at this point to bring the ball up. What happened to Blake Griffin at the end of the game? He completely disappeared, and even if he was in the spot, he's not a guy who's going to do well enough to have you overcome this Milwaukee team whose defense is still solid enough to now stop just Kevin Durant. So it's not looking great for the Nets, but if you still trust them, better value at all the books, including Bet Rivers. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook and here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. We were just going over some of the updated odds, series price, championship odds for the Brooklyn Nets amidst the conversation with them going to be without James Harden and Kyrie Irving for Game 5. So it's going to be tough for this Brooklyn team going forward. The Bucks now minus 165 to win the series. Nets plus 132. 
championship odds for Brooklyn, plus 260. And for them to come out of the East, it is plus 160 for the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get more into that. Nick Whalen will be joining us in about five minutes. And before we get into that discussion with Nick, uh, we kind of teased it, but let's get into it deeper now with the NBA Finals MVP odds. Again, uh, we were saying how these have shifted, and Kevin Durant, just like the Brooklyn Nets team odds, his player odds have dropped down. Now a 3-1 to one is where you're seeing him listed to win NBA Finals MVP. So he's still the short shot at the top of the list, but now you can get him at 3-1. to one. Giannis, plus 450. Donovan Mitchell, 6-1. to one. Joel Embiid, as we alluded to already, he's 7-1, to one, while the Sixers are 6-1 to one to win the championship. Devin Booker, 7-1. Kawhi, 10-1. Chris Paul, 12-1. Rudy Gobert, 16-1. James Harden, 25-1. Kyrie Irving, 40-1. The list goes on and on. And the first person that we really, you know, seeked out as being the best bet, at least in my mind, last week, maybe the week prior, was Chris Paul. And he was as high as 25-1 to win Finals MVP. Again, like we just said, now he's 12-1. And if you still want to handicap Finals MVP with the Suns player, still going with Chris Paul over Devin Booker. He's the reason or this team's complete 180 and turnaround, and you're seeing how efficient he's been this past series. Look for him to continue that and look for his odds to keep decreasing if you think they get to the championship naturally, because that's what's going to happen regardless. But I would still play Chris Paul if you wanted to at double digits. Once it gets lower, you know, it's not as enticing, certainly, and the farther we get along. But Joel Embiid, like I was kind of teasing as well, 7-1 for Embiid to an MVP is a little bit more tastier, you know, obviously in terms of the value, but just overall compared to the Sixers to win the championship. MVPs, like we talk about with Beeson senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel, is a narrative-driven award. Now, I understand that finals MVP is different than regular season MVP, but that's still in the back of your mind that if Embiid didn't go down, in my opinion, I think he wins MVP this season. Now, if he can stay healthy, if the Sixers come out of the East, I still think that's a better option than, you know, I mean, you're getting a dollar better, right? And, you know, if the Sixers are going to win the championship, it's going to be because Joel Embiid has been an absolute beast and dominant. Yes, Ben Simmons can get you a triple-double every now and then, but offensively, you can't rely on him every night. Joel Embiid is the opposite. He shows up on both sides of the floor and stuffs the stat sheet even more so offensively. So Embiid may not be a bad option at 7-1. And again, Chris Paul, if you think the Suns can can get the job done they're the real deal they're certainly looking like it 12 to 1 for paul still not terrible i know you could have got a lot better more than double those odds when we talked about it the other week but chris paul still looking like a really viable option as of now my kind of struggle with wanting to go fully in on the suns is that you know if it's going if it was at least going to be the nets or the sixers presumably coming out of the eastern conference i didn't think any team out of the west had a chance but if it's the Bucks, i i like the suns over the bucks potentially too so if you think the bucks can get past the sixers we're, you know, we're just moving pieces along, then you would maybe look at a Chris Paul at 12-1 to more so than a Devin Booker at 7-1. But that's kind of how I'm handicapping some of these NBA Finals MVP odds. Again, Kevin Durant, 3-1, to but if I were you, I wouldn't want to be touching anything with this Brooklyn Nets squad. Even if one of them, being James Harden and Kyrie Irving, out for just Game 5, you don't know what the long term is going to be throughout the remainder of this postseason. That's been the main concern for myself, why I haven't touched them. I think it's coming to fruition right now, and that's why you should probably avoid betting this squad. And I'm not saying that you go to bet Milwaukee, per se. I'm not going to be trusting the Bucks as of now because I still think the Sixers are the better team. Philadelphia, I'm feeling a lot better now, plus 440 to come out of the Eastern Conference. We'll see if that comes to fruition, but it's not looking great for the Brooklyn Nets. Milwaukee, still just not as much faith in there, but I'm liking the Sixers' chances, not only in this game tonight, but a little bit further down the road. And, of course, we'll get into that game a little bit more so. As we see some of these odds, uh, the Sixers currently a three-point favorite. They opened three, so that's been pretty steady. 225.5 is where we see this total. 
Money line minus 155 for Philly on the road. Atlanta plus 128. Let's go ahead and bring in Nick Whalen, senior editor of the NBA content over at Rotowire, to discuss further with this matchup. Nick, uh, game four right now, Philly, like we said, a three-point favorite. Great performance in game three. Do you think they parlay that into tonight, or do we see a little bit of a bounce back from Atlanta? Yeah, I, I have to roll with the Philadelphia 76ers. I, I kind of have to eat crow in some ways, and I think a lot of people do, because I thought Joel Embiid's knee would be a lot more of an issue than it's been in this series. I mean, arguably, he's had his three best games of the entire playoffs after you know suffering this partially torn meniscus. I mean, he has been fantastic in all three games so far, even in game one when the Sixers kind of got blitzed and, and ended up being blown out. 15, 16, and 16 free throw attempts in the three games so far. Clint Capella cannot handle Joel Embiid. John Collins, way too small to handle him. And, you know, the Hawks have a ton of depth, but so much of that depth is on the wing and in the backcourt. Um, you know, beyond Clint Capella and John Collins, you don't have like a, a veteran big body who you can just throw in there, you know, a Kendrick Perkins type or a DeAndre Jordan type to just get in Embiid's way or draw a few fouls. You know, beyond those two, you have a lot of young big men who are really inexperienced and you really can't trust uh, against Joel Embiid. So I think the Sixers have unlocked something as long as Embiid stays healthy. You know, Ben Simmons played really well in game three. Tobias Harris has been really solid. He was great in game three as well. As long as Embiid's knee holds up, I don't see the Hawks, you know, really slowing down Philadelphia tonight. Yeah, I completely agree with you here because Embiid, like you said, everybody's been a little bit leery of whether or not he was going to be 100% and you hold your breath every time he falls to the ground, which we saw happen right. a frequent amount of times in the last game. But, you know, at the end of the day, you also mentioned Ben Simmons. Here's a guy who's been dominating offensively, barring game one where he only had, what, four points. After that, he's been finding ways to get to the bucket. And not only offensively, Nick, but defensively, he's been limiting Trey Young, and that's been a big part in the success for the 76ers team. Is that kind of another big reason why you like Philadelphia? Because if Ben Simmons is scoring, there's really just no way to stop this team? Right. I mean, Ben Simmons is a first-team All-NBA defensive player. So that alone, you know, is worth a ton, especially against this Hawks team that uh, has a, a great player in Trey Young and a lot of capable secondary scorers, uh, even with DeAndre Hunter going down. I mean, you have to worry about Bogdanovich. You still have to worry about John Collins on offense. You have to worry about Kevin Herter, uh, who we just received word is going to start this game. Uh, with Solomon Hill heading to the bench. So, I mean, Atlanta has weapons, and and having a player like Ben Simmons, who is an absolute ace defensively, and you know, what makes him so unique, they also have Matisse Thibel, who is, is an incredible defender as well, but, I mean, Matisse Thibel has some limitations as far as how big of a player he can defend. Like, Ben Simmons is a legitimate 6'9", 6'10". I mean, he's built like LeBron James, essentially. He's arguably one of the five or ten most athletic players in the league. He can still guard point guards. He can guard wings. He can still guard big men. I mean, he is one of the most unique defenders that we have in the entire league. All right, Nick. Well, let's take a look at the later game this evening. How about Utah and Los Angeles, the Clippers at home, a big dub in game three. In game four, we see them come back now as a five-point favorite, also minus 215 on the money line, plus 180 on the other side for Utah. 223.5 is where we're seeing this total. The updated series price has the Clippers plus 155, Utah minus 195. We kind of figured game three was going to be a big one for Los Angeles and that they could get the job done. But do you see that happening once again, or does Utah keep it a little bit closer? And look, defensively, you know, they're not as great as they once was. And if Paul George is going to be going off, that's how Los Angeles goes. So do you see that happening tonight? Yeah, I don't know if I see Paul George necessarily going off, but I think the Clippers' success continues. There's a reason that, you know, over the last couple hours, this line has moved a little bit. Uh, last I saw was at four and a half, and now it's at five in favor of the L.A. Clippers. You know, no Mike Conley in this game again. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell uh, says he's fine, 
after rolling his ankle uh, in the last game. We'll see about that. I mean, that's a, a pretty major concern for a team that has leaned extremely heavily on Donovan Mitchell so far. I mean, if he's not at 100% or you know, at least 90%, I think this could get away from the, the Jazz very easily because you know, un- unlike Atlanta, a team I just talked about that has a ton of depth, Utah is very reliant on its top six players. And all of a sudden you take Mike Conley out of the equation and, you know, Joe Ingles has to join the starting lineup. There's really nobody on that Utah Jazz bench that you're really concerned about, you know, coming in other than Jordan Clarkson um, and, and really providing much of anything offensively. And and Clarkson's run pretty hot and cold so far in the playoffs. You know, when he's on, he's a major weapon. When he's off, he can really hurt a team uh, because of some of the shots he takes in terms of the difficulty. But beyond that, you know, if, if Donovan Mitchell is limited in this game, you know, Utah, I think, could really struggle to score like we saw in game three. And Danny, you mentioned that defense. You know, I, I think they still have that reputation as a great defense. And certainly they're capable on their best nights of being one of the de- best defensive teams in the league. You have the defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. But, but they allowed a, an offensive rating of 142 in game three. Uh, and, and the Clippers hit 19 threes in that game. That was certainly part of the reason. But they had no answers for Kawhi. They had no answers for Paul George. And, you know, Utah committed nine turnovers and hit 19 threes of their own and still lost that game by 26. So to me, that's very concerning. Now, with that being said, does that kind of interest you in going over the total of 223 and a half? Because, you know, it's incrementally gotten a little bit higher as the series has progressed, it seems. But maybe you still take advantage of this number because of that adage that, hey, this Utah team is good defensively. But if you're getting a Clippers team that is going to play better at home, wouldn't you think that would maybe gravitate you more toward the over? You know, I really went back and forth on this. Obviously, the last two games went you know, over that 223 and a half number, game three by a ton. Uh, game one came in at about 221 points. So it, it, this number, I think, is right on. I, I think we don't see both teams combined to hit 38 three-pointers, again, as was the case uh, on Saturday night. And you look at the pace in this series, relatively slow, 93.9 possessions per 100. That's well below both teams' regular season pace, which isn't necessarily out of the norm. You know, In the playoffs, the pace does tend to slow down. But the shot-making so far, especially for the Clippers, has been really, really good. Uh, both these teams are shooting 42% from three for the series. They're both averaging about 20 free throw attempts per game. They have almost the exact same number of free throw attempts through three games. Uh, but I do think we see a little bit of regression from three. Uh, you know, the Clippers are starting to get some contributions from guys like Terrence Mann, who granted has been pretty good throughout the regular season, but like Luke Kennard has had some stretches in this series. I, I think he's probably playing a little bit over his skis so far. Um, and again, with Donovan Mitchell potentially limited in this game, that's the biggest concern for me. You know, he has been such an engine for that jazz offense. And, you know, if he's, if he's at 75% or even 80%, I, I'm just a little bit concerned about what that looks like. So, you know, I'm still going back and forth, but as of now, I, I think I'm shading towards the under. All right. Well, let's go ahead and preview tomorrow night's game because this took up a large chunk of what we were discussing before we brought you on with Milwaukee and Brooklyn, no Kyrie, no James Harden for this upcoming game. And on the road, Milwaukee, a four point favorite. It's been bouncing back and forth between four and a half and four. Total at about 216.5. Milwaukee now the favorites to win the series. However, Brooklyn's still the short shot to win the championship and come out on top of the Eastern Conference. What do you think happens in Game 5? And then, you know, can you trust this Brooklyn team at all to come out on top of this series, or is it Milwaukee all the way? Yeah, it's funny you bring up the the discrepancy between the series odds and then, you know, the rest of the playoff or, or title odds, where the Nets are still the favorites, despite, you know, being not favored to come out of the second round. So, I, a lot of this is obviously dependent on the status of Kyrie Irving. You know, they're going to take him game to game. But anyone who watched game three or excuse me, game four yesterday 
uh, you know, I, I don't know why they felt like they needed to show that replay in like super slow-mo five separate times throughout the game, but his ankle was parallel to the ground. That is not something you ever want to see. Uh, he was in the walking boot after the game. Um, and, you know, obviously we haven't gotten a ton of information about Kyrie, but I would not be surprised if he misses the rest of the series. Doesn't sound like James Harden is overly close to returning. I mean, the fact that they've already ruled him out once again, you know, like 36 hours in advance of, of game five, I don't think is a great sign. So, you know, it, it doesn't really feel right deep down because it doesn't feel like Milwaukee's been the better team in this series. And, and certainly I think if James Harden and Kyrie Irving are fully healthy, this might be a sweep based on how the first two games went. But man, I mean, if it's just Kevin Durant going up against a fully healthy Bucks team minus Dante DiVincenzo, I, I don't know how you can't bet on the Milwaukee Bucks because we got a preview of that in the second half uh, yesterday. And, you know, if they're going to allow P.J. Tucker to guard Kevin Durant like he did, for his 30 minutes where he was hounding him, you know, for basically free throw line to free throw line and just kind of plowing through screens and, and getting in Durant's grill. If that's going to be allowed and Kevin Durant is not kicking it to Kyrie Irving and James Harden, he's instead kicking it to Landry Shamit and Mike James. I, I think I have to like the Bucks' chances in game five and then certainly in game six or seven to close it out. Yeah, it, it just seems impossible to trust this Nets team with just Kevin Durant because in their far out matches you alluded to because of what defense Milwaukee can pose with P.J. Tucker being on Kevin Durant, really just not being able to keep up offensively. So I tend to agree with you there. I think Milwaukee, if this stands pad in the sense of no uh, Kyrie Irving, no James Harden, it's going to be tough for Brooklyn. I see Milwaukee advancing. And if we can assume for a second that it's going to be Milwaukee and Philadelphia, Nick, we got about 45 seconds to a minute left. Do you think the advantage lies with Philadelphia then? And would you maybe look at them 2-1 to one as opposed to Milwaukee plus 175 to come out of the East? So if Joel Embiid is healthy, I, I think I would lean toward Philadelphia. And he certainly looked healthy as long as that meniscus holds up for one more series. L look, I, I think the Bucks are going to end up beating Brooklyn, but you have to be careful with what this means for expectations, assuming that does happen. Because M Milwaukee was on course to lose this series in four or five games, and they were a complete disaster coming out of game two, and they didn't look a whole lot better in game three. They were very lucky to win that one. Um, if they are able to emerge, it'll be almost entirely because the other team lost two of its superstars. Um, and, and not necessarily to take anything away from Milwaukee, but I don't think we could treat that as, oh, Milwaukee beat the Nets. It's, well, the Nets had some pretty major injuries and Milwaukee was able to escape. So, you know, yeah. to me, if Philly is able to close this out in, say, five games against Atlanta and Bede looks great, I'm not going to bet against the Sixers, against the Bucks team that I think still has some things to figure out offensively. It'd be a good look and good luck of fortune for this Philadelphia team if that's how the chips fall. And Brooklyn again catching four here without two of their star players. We'll see what happens tomorrow in game five between those two. Two sixteen and a half is where we're seeing that total as well. But more fun action in the NBA coming up tonight, which we also previewed. Nick, appreciate you giving us some of your insight. Best of luck with those bets, and we'll catch up again soon. Hey, you too, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, senior NBA editor over at Rotowire, Nick Whalen. You can follow along on Twitter at Whalen. Instead of the L, it is the one implemented in his handle. Makes some great points all around. And considering tonight, once again, the Sixers and Hawks, he's leaning toward Philadelphia. Minus three is what we're seeing them on the spread this evening. Also minus 155 on the money line. Atlanta plus 128 at Bet Rivers on the buyback. And the total circulating about 225 and a half. Of course, we'll get to that game a little bit more so throughout the show. I've got a few props, I guess, three to be exact, uh, that will handicap for not only that game, but the Jazz and the Clippers. However, in between, you can't forget about the ice action, baby. How about some Stanley Cup playoffs out in the West Coast? How about the Golden Knights taking on the Canadians? We'll handicap that next, give you some of our leans, bets, and more. Stick around. Plenty to come right here on Rush Hour on a Monday evening.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts all available. Check it out. BetRivers.com. We are live out of the Bat River Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois. I'm Danny Burke, your host on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour, still to come. We got some plays throughout the NBA with Prop Shelf, and we'll be talking a little bit more baseball with Eno Saris of the Athletics. So a lot more action and betting information coming your way. But in between all of that, let's talk some hockey. We got a big one this evening out in Sin City, VGK hosting the Montreal Canadiens. 8 p.m. Central Time puck drop is when that one's supposed to go off. BGK opening up about minus 250, the big favorite in this game. Montreal about plus 230, total five and a half. And, it, you know, it looks like the under's gotten a lot of love. It even went down to five in some spots. But at Bet Rivers, you're getting five and a half. If you think it stays under that, minus 136 is what you're laying. In terms of the money line, BGK still at about minus 250. Montreal plus 210. And minus 250, we know it's a lot. It's an incredible amount of chalk. So if you want to lay the puck and a half, Instead, with the Golden Knights, it's plus 121. Unless you think Montreal can keep it close, if you want to take the puck and a half, 
It's minus 143. The series price for this, minus 455 in favor of the Golden Knights. Montreal, plus 350. Marc-Andre Fleury, let's take a look at some of his postseason stats. He's been great this whole year, and especially in the postseason where he thrives. 8-4-0 with a 1.91 goals against average, 92% save percentage, and one shutout. At home, 5-2-0 with a 1.85 goals against average and a 92% save percentage. Carey Price, he's been a hot goalie as well. Can't forget about Price, who's 8-3-0 this postseason. 1.97 goals against average, 94% save percentage, and one shutout on the road. 5-1-0, 2.02 goals against average, 94% save percentage. Uh, so look, the goalie matchup, you know, as at this point, it's pretty much neck and neck in terms of what can you expect out of Carey Price? In my opinion, I've said this about the Canadians so many times. This is a volatile team, and I made money fading them during the regular season. It hasn't been the same case, obviously, in this postseason. But VGK, you have a little bit more confidence and know, or at least think you know, what you can get out of them. And, you know, we're riding the VGK 9-1 Stanley Cup ticket. Not going to be touching anything with this game. However, if I did, I'd maybe look at VGK minus 130 to win in regulation instead of the puck line or just trend under 5.5 at about minus 136 with these two hot goalies. That could be the best route to take. I, again, you know, I've stressed I don't really like dabbling into game ones because so many things could just be wild coming out of the gate, so didn't really want to touch that. But if you wanted to look a little bit further in the series and, you know, you don't want to lay the minus 455 with VGK, for example, to win it, Take a look at the spread on the series and also the total games played. And remember to kind of be aware of some of those discrepancies. For example, if you want to look under five and a half games played, that would be minus 106. But if you're like me in the thought process of the series, you're assuming VGK is going to win. It's just a matter of in how many games. Instead of doing the under five and a half at minus 106, just lay the minus two and a half on the series spread with the Golden Knights at plus 120. Again, that's implying and assuming that the Golden Knights are going to be the victorious team, and that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. So if you'd want to do that, just do Golden Knights minus two and a half instead of plus 120. Or, you know, same could be said for VGK minus one and a half at minus 186. You could do that as opposed to under six and a half games played at minus four dollars. So just be aware of that if you wanted to go head to head with some of those, because honestly, you know, I'd be looking at VGK, maybe the minus 2.5 and a half and plus 120. Not too bad of a bet. Again, haven't made anything officially. Still just riding out that 9-1 to one Stanley Cup championship ticket. But I think VGK gets the job done tonight and probably a little bit lower scoring of a game. So would tend to look under 5.5 at minus 136. All right, let's give a quick preview for tomorrow's hockey action. The Islanders getting the job done in game 1. 2-1 to one, they got the dub. And Tampa Bay opened up minus 180. For game two, they're up to minus $2 now at Bet Rivers. The Islanders catching plus 170. This total has also been hit uh, a little bit to the under. The over is the favorite, though, minus 137. The under for some plus money, plus 116. Obviously, you're getting the shorter scoring game in game one. Two good goalies going head-to-head. -head. As of this late, that's how it's always going to be. Two solid goalies. But the movement going toward Tampa Bay early here, up to $2. Again, that could be a good bet where you look at a win in regulation or puck line instead of laying the minus $2. think it's a great bounce back opportunity as to some of the odds as it's indicating for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we'll be excited to preview that one for tomorrow. But let's kind of go back to the action we have tonight and let's go to the hardwood. A few plays with props that I have throughout both of the games tonight. We'll be sure to let you know what that is. And we got a playing baseball, plenty more betting action. So stick around. All of that coming your way here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cash and tickets every single day. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every single game at VEASAN.com slash MLB and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season. So check it out, VSIN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to it right here on VCD Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us on a Monday night with plenty of action to look forward to in baseball, as we alluded to. You know, Sarah's still to come. MLB writer over at The Athletic will get some of his thoughts, analysis, and more for tonight's games. I've got one play also that we'll dive into. And speaking of plays, let's kind of get into them on the hardwood with the NBA postseason action this evening. And let's start with a game that is about to tip off very soon. The Sixers and the Hawks, Philadelphia leads this series 2-1. to one. So game four tonight has Philly as a three-point road favorite. Minus about 155 on the money line. Atlanta plus 128 on the buyback as the home underdog. Total 225.5. We previewed this one with Nick Whalen to start things off. I'm in agreement with Nick. I got to be on Philly or nothing here. I mean, Atlanta hasn't showed anything to me in the past two games, warranting a bet on them. And, you know, game one, it was just they came out incredibly hot. And that's what I've been kind of handicapping the sense of whoever can get out to that early lead is probably going to win the game. Now, the big reason why Atlanta had it in game one and hasn't had the same sense is because how good the Sixers defense is. And it was just announced that three players have made the first and second NBA defensive team, Tybal and Embiid. On the second, all-defensive team. And on the first is Ben Simmons, who is right behind Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year. So that's been a big factor for why Philly is so good and so deep. And not only can they do it on that side of the ball, but offensively as well. And a guy like Ben Simmons, who we talked about with Nick, he's been getting his job done offensively and racking up the points. And that's kind of a betting angle I'm looking forward to tonight because if he can continue to do that, not only do I think Philly wins, but I think he could go over his points prop of 13 and a half which is what it's posted at Bet Rivers. The over minus 120 earlier in the day, under minus 107. So again, I laid the minus 120 to the over. think it's been getting juiced up a little bit throughout the day. You look at Ben Simmons and what he's been able to do. In this series, he's averaging 13 points per game. But look, up 14 overall this postseason and 13 overall against Atlanta this season. He has gone over this mark of 13 and a half in two out of three games this series, five out of eight games this postseason, and three out of the five games against Atlanta in summation of this year. You know what Ben Simmons does? He just gets his opportunities at the rim. 80% of his shots are coming at the rim so far this series, and he's really been doing a good job at connecting. 75%. You saw a larger discrepancy throughout the regular season, but he's been able to take advantage of this lackluster defense that Atlanta poses, and especially on the one-on-one matchups. And when Embiid is on the floor, it just opens up so many opportunities And so look, Atlanta, they're allowing opponents to make about 65% of their shots at the rim compared to about 64% in the regular season. Again, you've seen him do well, 18 points the last game, four points the game in between, but game one, he also dropped 17. So I think that game two was kind of an anomaly. I think you see Ben Simmons being more confident in his ability to drive to the rack, which you saw last game. I really foresee that happening once again because that is why you see the success for Philly against this Atlanta team. It's not just all Embiid. If a guy like Ben Simmons is going to be getting double-digit points and then some, you're in trouble. So I think that happens again, and I played over 13.5 for Ben Simmons at about minus 120 tonight between the Sixers and the Hawks. That's all the action I got in that game. Let's move on to the later slate. 
with the Jazz and the Clippers. Los Angeles at home up to a five-point favorite. They're also laying minus 215 on the money line. Plus 180 for the Jazz on the buyback. 223.5 is where we're seeing this total. Let's talk about Reggie Jackson to start things out because the Clippers, why they had success the last game and why they've been able to produce points is because of how many shot attempts are taken from beyond the arc and guys who have been thriving from there. And Reggie Jackson certainly fits the bill in that category. Two and a half, three-point field goals made is the number that is listed at Bet Rivers. I laid minus 125 to go over on that. That's up to about minus 143 or so, but laid minus one and a quarter for Reggie Jackson over two and a half, three-point field goals made. Game one, went three of six beyond the arc, dropped nine points. Game two, four of eight beyond the arc, and dropped 29 points. Game three, five of six from the three-point territory, and dropped 17 points. Not only has he gone over this in all three games against Utah this series, he's gone over this mark the last nine out of ten games. Ten games overall is the amount he's played this postseason. He's gone over it in every single game except for one. That was the very first game he went 0 of three from beyond the arc. So this series, he's racking up about four three-pointers made on 6.3 attempts, shooting 64% from beyond the arc. This postseason overall, 3.4 three-point field goals made on about 7.5 attempts per game, 45% from deep. Now again, 63% of his shots are coming from beyond the arc, like we just said, making over 45% of them. And when you look at what the Jazz have done, they're allowing opponents to connect on about 38% from three, and that was compared to 35% during the regular season. And I get that that just all depends on matchups as well, but Utah's three-point defense really has taken a decline. Same with the amount of attempts coming from beyond the arc. 34% of shot attempts are coming from three this postseason compared to 32% for the Jazz in the regular season. The attempts are higher and the frequency is higher. Reggie Jackson playing a big part of that, so I went over two and a half three-point field goals made for Reggie Jackson at about minus 125. And then let's talk about Donovan Mitchell. Now, first, before we get into the similar category with Mitchell, his points prop tonight, 30 and a half, over minus 106, unders minus 121 or so. And look, he's averaging 37 per game this series, 32 points per game this postseason, and 31 against the Clippers this whole entire year. But again, you know, what is his status going to be? Nick Whalen was kind of talking about it a little bit with that rolled ankle. Is he going to be 100%? You would assume he's got to be pretty dang close if he's going to be out there. And look, you know, game one, he, had, uh, he went 6-15 from beyond the arc. That's the kind of the big mark you have to look at, which, again, we'll get into in a second. Game two, 6-12 from beyond the arc. Game three, 5-9. That's why he's had so much success. And if you think that, hey, he's still going to rack up a lot of points, you're a little bit hesitant because of that ankle. Where is he going to continue to take a majority of his shots from beyond the arc, where he doesn't have to be as liable to opening up, you know, in more of an injury to that ankle? of his shots are coming from three already this postseason, and he's making 44% of them. That's why I'm looking at over three-and-a-half three-point field goals made for Donovan Mitchell. Got it at about minus 110. That's been ticking up a lot as well throughout the day. He's gone over this mark, as we just talked about, in all three games in this series, five out of seven games this postseason. He's averaging over five-and-a-half three-point field goals made on 12 attempts this series, 48.5%. Look. Donovan Mitchell, again, if he's going to produce, it's going to be from beyond the arc. Take advantage of this number just being at 3.5 and, and relatively lower, and that's what I did late minus 110 for Donovan Mitchell, over 3.5 three-point field goals made. Tack that on with Reggie Jackson, over 2.5 three-point field goals made. And in the first game, Ben Simmons, we're riding him over 13.5 points. So plenty of NBA action for tonight. Best of luck, as always, if you tell. Still got to play in baseball. We'll tell you what that is next here on Rush Hour. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boost on all of your favorite teams, only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts all available. Check it out, betrivers.com. Welcome back to it here on Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of the Windy City in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino. We've talked basketball. We've talked hockey. Now let's hit the diamond, get some MLB action with Eno Saris. Does a great job covering the league over at The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Eno Saris. And Eno, let's get right into it with a division that we're very familiar with here in the Chicagoland area, being the NL Central. And tonight... An interesting matchup with Milwaukee and Cincinnati. The Brewers here, you know, tied at the top of the division with the Cubbies. We see them as about a minus 137 favorite in terms of the betting odds. Total at 9.5. You're getting Gutierrez versus Lauer. The Brewers pitching has been fantastic. There's no doubt about that. But their offense is what's been a little bit suspect this whole season. What can we expect out of Milwaukee tonight? Yeah, I think that is much more skewed in Milwaukee's favor than the line suggests. I have a 
a stat that tries to put together a pitcher's velocity and movement. And Vlad Gutierrez has been getting very lucky. He has very poor stuff by my model. And on the other side, Willie Adamas has been a huge boon to that Milwaukee offense. So I expect them to win handily. Yeah, and you talk about Gutierrez. I mean, his ERA, 2.65, but then when you look at a stat like XFIP, 5.17 is as high as you're seeing it. So the ERA, not necessarily an accurate indicator of how good or bad he is or should be. So Milwaukee, probably a good side here, like you alluded to, and minus 137 is where we're seeing them on the money line. Let's kind of go to another team here, though, you know, in the Chicagoland area. How about the White Sox? And a guy who kind of fit the bill similarly was Lance Lynn because his ERA is very dominant, 1.23, but he's got a higher XFIP nearing four. And Glass now opposing him. This is going to be a great pitching matchup, and we see the White Sox as a slight home dog, plus 102, Tampa Bay minus 118, shorter total at 7.5. How do you figure this one goes down on the south side? You know, the Rays are excellent at run suppression. They've got their ace on the mound. I know that under, over-under is kind of low. I would still take the under. I think this is going to be a, a duel, and I expect it to be a sort of two-to-one type game. What, what do you really see from this White Sox team as of this point? I mean, this is a squad that's dealt with so much adversity from Tony La Russa to all these players getting their injuries, and, you know, hopefully they can get some back sooner rather than later with Robert and then Jimenez and the Madrigal as well. You know, is the White Sox a team that you think is a pretty safe bet to win the division considering how bad the AL Central is? And, you know, how do you look to handicap them on a game-to-game basis? Yeah, you know, I think that the starting pitcher really matters because I don't know about that bullpen behind Hendricks. And I think that's the one area they may look to acquire at the deadline. So, you know, they'll get a bunch of bats at the deadline around there. So I think they will kind of try to get that bullpen going. And so when they have a guy on the mound that might only go three or four, I think that they have trouble winning those games. Yeah, no doubt about that. You're right. I mean, this bullpen, it has its solid pieces, but aside from Hendricks, you can't necessarily rely on these other guys fully, and that has been the Achilles heel from time to time for the White Sox. But we'll see what they can be made of when they get fully healthy toward the end of the year. Uh, let's then go out to the West Coast here in Colorado and San Diego because the Padres, this has been a team that's been struggling as of late. So have the Rockies, but that's kind of a little bit more expected. Both of these squads losing their last four out of five. Tonight we see San Diego is the road favorite, minus 157. Colorado plus 135. At Coors Field, you're going to get a higher total, and that's what we're seeing, 11.5 with Gomer against Denilson Lamette. And, look, Lamette's been a guy who's been fairly solid, but, you know, I haven't had enough faith to trust him, per se. What's kind of your makeup of uh, Denilson as of this point, and how do you think he fares tonight at Coors? Yeah, that, you know, long-term, that elbow is hanging on by a thread. Uh, short-term, I think that they're going to try and get three, four innings out of him at a time. The one nice thing about the Padres versus the White Sox day was that I think that their bullpen is pretty deep. I think they've got uh, options. I mean, Austin Adams is probably their fourth-best reliever or fifth-best reliever. He's a very good reliever. So I would expect, uh, you know, only three or four innings from the starters, a parade of relievers. And I expect the Padres as a team just generally – to get healthy in this next slate um, because they, 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 they faced some good opponents in the last couple of weeks, and they, the schedule turns favorable for them now. Yeah, and that's why the NOS is so fascinating. The Dodgers were the huge favorite, and they're still at the top about minus 215. The Padres plus 170. The Giants are 10-1. to <laughs> Nobody really believing that they can remain at the top spot in the division. But what's your makeup for the NOS? I mean, the value you would think probably – 
is with the Padres in realistic expectations that it's going to be the Dodgers and Padres head-to-head. Are, are you fully in on one of those top three teams? You know, if you can bet on the Giants to make the postseason, I kind of like that. I think that both wild cards may come out of the West. And one of the reasons I believe that is the bottom is easy for them to beat up on. And the Giants are actually super well coached. If you look at all their veterans, they're having career seasons when it comes to reach rates, how often they swing at balls outside the zone, and barrel rates. They're suddenly third best in the big leagues in barrel rates. And away, homers, they're best, best in the league. So I think this is a really well coached team with a huge coaching staff. They have like 12 coaches. And uh, I, I kind of expect the Giants to sneak in there somehow. Well, I like it. Okay, so the Giants looking to be a wild card team. Certainly could be a viable play heading down throughout the summer months in the MLB season. Let's kind of take a look a little bit more narrowly tonight. Once again, we keep it out on the West Coast. So, you know, with Oakland and Los Angeles, how about the Angels maybe a team that could be in a wild card spot? Because they're on a six-game winning streak, albeit going up against the likes of Kansas City and Arizona. Tonight, they're going up against Manaya in the Oakland Athletics, who are minus 148 on the money line. Los Angeles plus 128, throwing Bundy out there. This total at eight. Do you think their winning streak comes to a halt, or can they keep it alive? You know, this is going to be a test for my stuff model. The model I was, uh, I was referencing earlier about Vlad Gutierrez, my stuff model says that Dylan Bundy is by far the superior pitcher over Sean Manaya, And so I keep shaking my head at Sean Manaya's low numbers, and I don't really understand it. If you watch him, it's low 90s, so it's not velocity, it's not movement. His command is okay, but it's not like he has a ton of pitches. You know, I'm watching that game just really interested. Like, I'd put my money on Bundy. And, you know, do you think it's kind of an adage with Bundy, because we've been accustomed to him, him just being a guy that you fade on a day-to-day basis. Do you think his stats are more so of what, you know, or how the Angels have struggled up to this point, or do you think he's just really having overall a good year? Well, Bundy, you know, one of the things that's uh, a problem in the past was the home run rate. So we thought when he left Baltimore that the home run rate, you know, in Anaheim, that was his real home run rate. I think the, the pendulum has gone too far on the other rate. You know, he's, he's given up like two and a half homers per nine. And that number means almost nothing in a short sample. If you're looking at a pitcher that's having a home run problem, that's actually a good sign because that's luck. That is definitely luck. That's why we created uh, a stat called XFIP to kind of normalize home run rates because it takes almost a season and a half to really know what pitcher's home run rate. Absolutely. Great point per usual from Eno. And as we move on here, before we let you go, what about this Phillies and Dodgers matchup? I mean, not a large sample size with these pitchers per se. Gonsolin only going 1.2 innings pitch, but he's taking the bump in the Dodgers minus 167. Phillies plus 140. This total at nine and a half. Is there anything worth playing in this spot for you, or because of the small sample size, do you maybe opt out of a game like this? Yeah, you know, Gonsolin's another pitcher that I have trouble with because the stuff model really loves him. But I have another stat called Command Plus that looks at a pitcher's command, what he, how well he does what he intends to do with the ball. I get that from Stats Perform. And Gonsolin has reliever-level command, and that's something we saw in the, in the playoffs last year. And so that can just... That can just show up. I mean, sometimes he's just dominating with the stuff, and then sometimes he's out after an inning and a half. So uh, I might avoid or I might look at the over uh, because Howard looks like he has about one and a half good pitches, and I could see that turning into a slugfest. 
Okay, so maybe look to the over there at about nine and a half is where you're seeing this total. You know, great stuff, really fascinating with some of the analytics. Always like to get into that angle when it comes to handicapping baseball. So it was a pleasure to have you on and, you know, take care of the rest of your evening. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. At Eno Saris is where you can follow him on Twitter. Catch his content over at The Athletic. Of course, covering Major League Baseball. Great job going into tonight's slate. Kind of want to revisit that Angels and A's game because he brings up a great point. I mean, you know, originally you saw this line go in favor of Oakland, and honestly, I was a part of it. So, you know, never ideal to have a smart guy like Eno who covers the league so extensively on the opposing side. I played the Athletics about minus 143 or so is where I got the number at earlier today. Maybe it was minus 141, but regardless, now you're seeing a minus 148. They were as high as minus 155. It's come back down in favor of the Angels a tad bit, but look, He's right. I mean, Bundy's ERA is 6.16, but his XFIP, the more true indicator, 4.20. And Manaya, he's got an ERA of 3.09, an XFIP of 3.72, so a little bit higher than you'd like to see. At the end of the day, for me, I think the Angels just on this hot streak finally coming up against a solid squad in Oakland. The A's just took three out of four from the Royals themselves. I think it's a better look for Oakland here, who not only just the, you know, the team I trust more than the Angels, but you look at the bullpens, and the Angels still have a struggling bullpen, 4.71 ERA for their squad. Then the A's have a 3.87 bullpen ERA. And, you know, Manaya has gone up against the Angels twice this season, 11.2 innings pitched. 10 hits, 2 earned runs, 5 walks, 14 Ks, and the Angels have had a 244 batting average. Bundy in his one outing against Oakland, he went just 2.1 innings pitch, allowed 5 hits, 4 earned runs, 2 of them home runs, 1 walk, 2 Ks, batting average for the A's of 417. So, I'm going to be laying the chalk there with Oakland at about minus 141. It's up to minus 148. Interesting note, though, for Mino, could potentially be good for Bundy and the Angels, but I'm going with the chalk in terms of our baseball bets. In terms of our NBA bets, we did Reggie Jackson over two and a half three-point field goals made, over three and a half three-point field goals made for Donovan Mitchell, and we're already sweating out Ben Simmons over 13 and a half points. So best of luck, as always, if you tell. Big thanks to Eno Saris and Nick Whaling for joining the show. And hey, enjoy those games tonight. We'll look forward to doing it again tomorrow. For all of us here at Beeson, take care, best of luck, and enjoy the games. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Yeah. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.